0: Book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. Uh, there's only one verse that I want to read in your hearing, and then uh, I'm, I'm going I need to give you some context to uh, this message and where it was birthed. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. Chapter number 16, chapter number 16, uh, one verse, verse number 13. And again, I'll give you some context so you know exactly what Paul is talking about. Here's what it says. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong and do everything with love. I'm going to read it again because it was so short be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous. Everybody say, be courageous. courageous. And say, be courageous. courageous. One more time, real loud. Be courageous. Be courageous, be be strong, and do everything with love. This word courageous in the Greek is, um, the the best translation is brave. It's the best one, uh, 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 in my opinion, is, is the word brave. And so, The title of this message this morning is Be Brave Believers, Be Brave Believers. Now, uh, my my hope today is that with this particular message and this title, that it accomplishes two things, that uh, on on one side of the coin, uh, it's an exhortation. It's an exhortation that I want you to be brave believers. But on the other side, uh, I I hope it becomes uh, more like a moniker to you, a nickname, that, that you would be A be brave believer that 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 if people uh, got to know you a little bit, they would go, you know what? That's one of those be brave believers. They are the type of person uh, that that is brave about uh, their belief system and how they walk out their faith in Jesus Christ. So uh, be brave believers. That's my exhortation. And be a be brave believer. It's kind of like my nickname and moniker. Okay, Uh, bow your heads. Let's pray over the word before we get started. Lord, help us to be brave. Amen. Um, So, let me give you a a context to where uh, this message came from. Uh, Over the last three weeks that I've been gone, you all have heard some incredible teaching uh, and preaching. Uh, Stephen Emmerich, on the first weekend that I was uh, away, uh, taught us how to break the orphan spirit, and it was a great teaching. Got to listen to it on the podcast, as I did all of them, obviously. Uh, uh, the week after that, Dan Leanne, my Asian Australian brother from Melbourne, which is ironic that he was here and I was there, uh, great, gave a great message uh, entitled uh, Spaces. And he talked about the spaces that we create in our lives uh, for God to do amazing things. And then last week, my Puerto Rican preaching brother, Pastor Peter De Jesus, uh, gave uh, a great message about, Lord, please remove uh, our veils. And so uh, each one of those messages, I believe, were, were, were words from God uh, to our congregation. It's so important for me to be outside uh, uh, of the pulpit so that uh, God can speak through others and confirm and, and really perfect the church that He uh, wants to create here uh, in Irving, Texas. Uh, I got to talk to all of them. You know, I I was on the other side of the world, but I was still like tracking times and with a 16 hour time difference, I'm going, okay, it's two o'clock in the morning, but it's 10 o'clock AM over there and I'm in the next day, but they're still in yesterday and I'm just going to call, see how everybody's doing. So I'm nosy and I'm praying and I'm doing all that kind of stuff, okay? And so I got to catch up with Dan Leanne after uh, he preached, and I always ask for feedback. You know, how did you think about the message? What did you think about the church? Do you have any uh, insights? Did you have any prophetic sensings that you want to share? Uh, I, I want to know kind of what, what you're feeling. And Dan just gushed over you all. He, he, he thought you all were great, wonderful. He loved the congregation, loved the worship. But he said something to me that, that really like lit a fire on the inside of my chest. He said, Hey, Tim, you have a, a, a brave congregation. And he said, you're a really brave pastor. And, and, and you all heard Dan speak. He's very eloquent. He's a sharp minded person. He's a thinker. And, and I was curious, like, like you have to elaborate. I need context. What, what do you mean we're brave? And he said, he said, Tim, I know you. And I know uh, uh, how you were raised and and where you come from, he said. And it would have been easy for you uh, to plant a church and just do things the way that uh, you kind of grew up watching them develop and happen in church culture. He said, but but you come to a place like Irving, Texas, and you decide and uh, that that you want a a multi ethnic church uh, in the south. Uh, and you're just going to create this cultural architecture and believe God for that type of church. He said, buddy, you're brave. <laughs> you, guys, you guys just got to know Dan Leanne. Dan's pretty straightforward. And so he goes, but let me tell you who's braver than you. He said, your congregation's way braver than you because they're actually showing up to do it. <laughs> he said, they're super brave. And that really just, it just really stirred something in me. I'm like, wow, we're brave? I, was, I wasn't thinking that we're brave, but I guess, I guess we are brave. And, and as I began to pray through it, I realized, um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're a pretty brave church. I, I agree with him. We're, we're a pretty brave church. And, and, and it's not like uh, there, there are no other brave churches. This is happening all over the world. Uh, but but what, what I found very, very encouraging is um, that I can find this in Scripture, that, that we're not doing something that's so unique that that we have some claim to fame. But but in uh, Corinth, uh, there was a group of people that came together as believers uh, that decided to be really, really brave like we are right now. Uh, l- let me kind of give you some context. And so you can understand uh, how important verses 13 and 14 are uh, Corinth. Old Corinth was destroyed by. Uh, the Romans in 124 B.C. A hundred years later, it was reestablished as a colony and became a very, very important um, uh, place uh, for commercial trade as it was a seaport. And they had people coming from all over the place. It was mostly populated uh, with former slaves to the Roman Empire. And so you had Greeks, you had Jews, you had uh, people of all ethnicities that called Corinth their home. You had Romans uh, that lived there as well. Now, I want you to imagine uh, uh, Paul, who's ridiculously brave, uh, to go on missionary journeys uh, and and establish churches uh, in Gentile uh, territories, Gentile nations. He comes into Corinth. He preaches the gospel. And some people start actually getting stirred up to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. But, but, I, but I want you to think about the type of people that are giving their life to Jesus in this context. Uh, it is uh, Romans. It is Greeks. There are Jews. There are Africans. There are Italians. There are all these type of people giving their life to Jesus Christ and then coming into uh, uh, a, a space like this to lift up the name of the Lord and just be one type of people. And that's believers. Let me break it down even further. Uh, Imagine what the Romans had to put aside to walk into a space where they say we're all equal. The Roman Empire was the majority at this time. They had the rule. If you were a Roman citizen, you had one up on anyone else in that day. And when they walked in the door, they checked their identity, their ethnicity at the door and said, I'm just a believer. Uh, Imagine the Greeks, these philosophical, uh, uh, bright, uh, uh, artistic people that just said, you know what? Uh, We're putting all that aside because we just want to lift up the name of Jesus. Now, now you can understand Romans. You can understand Greeks. Let's talk about Jewish people for a minute. Jewish people that had grown up with The knowledge that they are the chosen people of God. I'm chosen of God. There's an exclusivity that God has had with us for thousands of years. There's an inclusivity that God has had with us for thousands of years. And now you're saying that the Messiah that we've been waiting for, that we now believe in, was not just coming for us. He was coming for everybody. (laughs) So we're kind of not that special anymore. I mean, you're still—we're still the chosen ones. But you're telling me you love everybody as much as you love with us, and you're going to give everybody the same covenant you gave to us. Okay. (laughs) And they walk into a space, and they have to be equal with the Romans, the Greeks, the Italians, the Africans, everybody. One commentator said of. Uh, uh, Corinth, that it was all at the same time, Las Vegas, (laughs) New York, and Los Angeles. Imagine all three of those cities at one time and you have Corinth. There's a lot of drama going on as well. A lot of sexual immorality, a lot of uh, depravity, a lot of debauchery, but somehow this church emerged because these brave people decided, hey, let's not be Romans, Greeks, Italians, Jews, Africans. Let's just be believers. Let's just get in the same room and be believers. As, as amazing as that uh, may seem, that's what God wants established by his people. What I, what I loved about when I read the commentary, it says that, that uh, you know, Corinth was altogether Los Angeles, New York. Uh, in Las Vegas, it didn't say anything about Texas. <laughs> the commentator's trying to give you imagery of places that are already diverse. So, 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 so I think it is kind of brave for a church in the South to take on the same mindset of the Church of Corinth and say, uh, we know about the history and and, and we know about the tension, but we're gonna all come into one place and I'm gonna put my denomination aside, I'm gonna put my church upbringing aside, I'm gonna put my ethnic context aside and and I wanna come into a place where I can just be a brave believer. By myself, with others, worshiping the name of the Lord, I just want to be a brave believer. And so I want to give you uh, five points. Oh, I've been going a while. <laughs> I got to make up some points. OK, <laughs> I want to give you five points on, on, on what it takes to be uh, a brave believer. Uh, point number one, write this down. Be watchful. Be watchful. The, the first instruction that we're given by Paul is. Uh, to be on guard, it means to be watchful. And if you go to uh, Matthew chapter number twenty-six, verse number forty-one, uh, this verse is recorded. But but here's the here's the definition uh, for watchful: to be vigilant or alert, uh, to be closely observant, to be vigilant or alert, to be closely observant, to be watchful. Here's what he says in Matthew. Twenty-six forty-one. Many of you all may know this. I'll give you some context. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Those the, the, the first four words, keep watch and pray. Uh, uh, I, I grew up in a in a in a praying house. Uh, my, my mother has two surgically repaired knees as a direct result of praying on them. Uh, and, and those prayers are the reason why Uh, I'm alive today. My older brother is alive. My younger brother, who has uh, preceded us in death, gave his life to Jesus Christ because we had intercessors praying for us. Uh, uh, And so prayer is absolutely important as the backbone of Embassy City Church. I love disciplined prayers. Uh, But we need to watch and pray. (laughs) Uh, we, We don't need to pray at the expense of watching. At the expense of, expense of being alert, uh, at the expense of paying attention to what's going on in the environment, in the environment around us. Um, uh, one of the funniest stories that I can think about, watch and pray, is there was a, a group of evangelists that were going out uh, to the homeless. And uh, they were they were going from block to block and they were ministering to the homeless. And the, the first prayer group that they got to have with a group of homeless people, um, they all held hands and closed their eyes. Uh, well, they all held hands. Everyone closed their eyes except the, the leader that had sent them out, the other people that were with this team. They all had their eyes closed, and he kind of did like this to their arm. And, and, you know, they started, they looked up, and he said, keep your eyes open. And, and they were like, why? We're about to pray. They were like, yeah, uh, we're in the hood. <laughs> and... um I've been through this before, and uh, the last time we closed our eyes to pray, when we opened them, we got jacked. So watch and pray. It's amazing to me uh, how many believers uh, wrap themselves up in spiritual things without having a context to the natural things that are going on around them. Uh, And and almost as if um, uh, uh, their faith is an anesthetic, they use it to numb themselves uh, from being a part of a discussion that is happening all around us. And so instead of being watchful and alert and understanding and and having a a, a real context so that we can pray uh, with an informed mind, when when somebody... uh, 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 ask me for prayer. Sometimes I'll, uh, when we used to do altar ministry, I'd be at the front and somebody would come up and I'm like, you want prayer for something? And they'd be kind of weepy. Yes, I would, I would like prayer. And, and, and I would say, well, what would you like prayer for? And they would say, you know, whatever the Lord shows you. And I would go, yeah, no, not happening. Mm-mm. No, I'm not using my discernment. I'm not asking God for a word of knowledge. I'm not using no prophetic unction at all. You already know what the problem is. Spit it out. <laughs> You came up here for prayer. I didn't go in the back. You in the back. Come up here. Tell me all your business. You got right here, and now all of a sudden, I, I don't even, I don't know. Well, well, I don't, I don't want to give you a general prayer. Well, Lord, just whatever the issue is, Jesus, encompass it all. You're so faithful. Amen. Was that good? Thank you. No. What is the issue? I want to give an informed prayer. And you you can't pray strategically if you're not on guard. If you're not alert. Here's what Paul is telling this very multi-ethnic, diverse church in Corinth. Please be on guard. There's a whole lot of stuff going on around you. This is all at the same time. Vegas, L.A. and New York. Please have a context To what's going on. Be. Watchful. Point number two, write this down. Be faithful. Be faithful. Now, uh, as you all know, I'm real basic. I I just like the real bottom line. I like the real. um, uh, the, The most simplistic way to communicate that. That's the way I like to be. And so in Romans chapter number 10. Verses nine and 10, uh, it says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Here's the, the first way to be faithful. Uh, believe in Jesus. <laughs> you you want to be faithful. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, who is in a bodily form faithfulness. He is our faith. He is the very foundation of our faith. And, we, and being faithful to the words, the declarations, the decrees, and instructions of Jesus Christ is how we walk out our faith. Now, here's what it says in uh, verse number 17. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Now, now this is an Im- important part of uh, what I believe uh, weekend uh, experiences are about. Uh, is is for us to come in and hear the word of God, because that's where faith continues to come from. It's hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. It's not hearing philosophy. It's not hearing pop culture. It's, it's not hearing my opinion of what is going on in the earth right now. It's hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you cannot uh, expect to be a strong, brave believer if you don't have a steady diet of God's word, both reading it. And hearing it, it would be hard for you to become a brave believer. It would be hard for you to be a be brave believer if you only came to church like every nine weeks. Like I'm going to just fall through church. Hey, man, that was great. I don't feel like it this weekend. I'm going to just hang out. Maybe watch some YouTube clips like my sermons and doses. Get the best seven minute clip. And I'm good for the whole month. No, you're not. You're spiritually anemic and you're probably getting beat up and don't know it. And you can't feel it because you're probably very spiritually malnourished and desensitized to what's going on. And here's what happens. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Whenever uh, you don't have a steady diet of hearing God's word and letting that faith come in through both reading and listening to the word of God, uh, you start compromising where your boundaries are. As a believer, because with no reinforcement of you having personal devotion with the Lord and hearing the word of God, the good news preached, you start in your own private time. And I'm saying this out loud because I've seen it happen too many times. I've counseled too many situations where I sit down with somebody and they tell me, well, listen, here's what I here's what I think. And then they tell me what they think. I'm like, that's not even that's not even, in the, that's not even in the Bible. All right. Well, you know, you know, it says somewhere in the Bible that God hates ugly. And then you're just like, I am sure I'm I'm actually positive that statement is not even in the message Bible. So And that's about as loose as you can get. So no. Well the Bible says cleanliness is next to godliness. I'm no Eugene Peterson didn't write that either. So <laughs> faithfulness depends on you being faithful to the spiritual disciplines of reading your word and hearing the good news. Listen, it's not good news if it's not good Give you a case in point. Um, It's not good news to tell somebody to go into hell. That's not good news. Is it the truth that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you are if you don't commit your life to him, uh, that that's the final destination? That's true. Is it good news to start a conversation with? You're going to hell. The good news of the gospel is that someone is madly in love with you and so madly in love with you uh, that they actually sent somebody to die and bleed out on a two pieces of wood so that you could be reconciled to that person who's madly in love with you. And that all the situations and all the issues that you've ever gone through, you can have a different perspective on. And that heart that is so cynical and maybe bitter, has been broken and hurt, maybe has pridefulness on the inside, can be transformed to a very soft, pliable, sensitive, open heart that has a connection with God the Father. That's that's good news. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. By the word of God. And we have to have it in our lives. OK. Point number three. Write this down. Be brave, which is the title of this message. OK, uh, be brave. Uh, I love the definition of this uh, to meet or face courageously. That's all brave means uh, to, to meet something uh, uh, head on or to, to face something courageously. It is incredibly uh, brave uh, when, when a fireman goes into a fire. To save somebody's life, you, you, it, it goes against everything that you've been taught as it relates to self preservation uh, to run into danger. It is incredibly brave for a policeman to show up to, to um, an active shots fire call and run into a situation where everybody else is running away. It, it's incredibly brave for a believer to run head first. Into a culture uh, that, that thinks that you are uh, a bigot and crazy and worshiping the invisible man, and you go to church, and all they do is take your money, and you've just been do. It's incredibly brave to stand boldly, flat footed, and say, I believe in Jesus Christ in 2017. It's pretty brave. I'm not talking about cultural Christianity where everybody, you know, is a Christian. And so it's just really easy to be a Christian because everybody else is a Christian around you. And and you guys all do the same thing. But, but, But when you engage culture, when you have conversations with atheists and you have conversations with agnostics, and you have conversations with people who want to live their lives completely different from you. And you bravely still say, I-, I believe Jesus is Lord, and I believe everything that he says in scripture is the way that I'm supposed to live my life. Uh, I-, I have a friend, you guys know I'm a gamer. So uh, I was playing my shoot 'em up last night. And because um, I had to get ready for this message. So uh, <laughs> I-, I was playing my shoot 'em up last night. And uh, th- there's a guy uh, on, on the game. His name is Lucius. He lives in Sweden. Uh, he is a diehard agnostic. Uh, I'm sorry, a diehard atheist, <laughs> like, like straight-up atheist. Uh, and he knows that I'm a pastor. And every day, he sends me text messages, because I'm a real nerd. So I actually have the PlayStation app, so my friends. Never mind. So um, <laughs> it's bad. Don't pray for me. So... Uh, He'll send me text messages. Hey, man, you going to be on the game tonight? Yeah. And we'll get on the game. He'll ask, man, how, how did it go in Australia? <laughs> the atheist is asking me how all the preaching went in Australia, man. It went great. And he's like, oh, man, it's so good to hear. And man, if anybody else, if anybody ever tried to preach to me, I'll punch him in the face. I said, thanks, man, for the heads up. I appreciate it. But unbeknownst to you, I've been preaching to you. My life has been preaching to you. I didn't disconnect you from my group once I found out you were an atheist. I'm brave enough to go headlong into a conversation with you, still be your friend, let you cuss me out in my ear as we shoot people. Beep, 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 beep. Sounds like Morse code. It would be censored that bad. But here's the thing. I've, my life has already been preaching to him. And, and I don't know where the relationship is going. I, I don't know if one day a situation, I hope not, uh, uh, gets to a place where he asked me for prayer. I, I don't want to have had the conversation and then be like, you're an atheist. How can you be an atheist? It's hard to evangelize and shoot people at the same time. But here's the thing. I don't need his permission to pray for his soul. He doesn't even have to know that I'm interceding for his soul to be saved. And as long as he's open to the relationship, at some point, the Holy Spirit is going to give me some real sensitive timing. Well, we're going to be the only two people on the game that night. And he's going to say something and allow me to have the opportunity to speak something. Into his life. It takes bravery to engage culture that is antithetical to the teachings of the Bible. I do not want to pastor a church where everyone's scared of the environment around them. I don't want to huddle everybody into the church and say, let's stay in here. Ooh, it's safe in here. Please don't go outside. It's so scary outside. It's so dangerous out there. If you go out there, something could happen. No. I want us to be brave enough to go out and go, I love you. I disagree with you wholeheartedly, but I love you. I, I, I just want to spend some time with you. Well, you already know. Don't come, don't come at me with that Jesus stuff. No worries. I won't come at you with that Jesus stuff. I'll just light beam you <laughs> with that Jesus stuff. So be brave. Point number four. Write this down. Be strong. Be Strong. The uh, definition of strong, having powerful means to resist attack, assault or aggression. Uh, I love that this is here. A strong fortress, a strong defense. Put my mind right to the Psalms. Where, where, Where God is our strong fortress, our strong defense, a present help in the time of trouble. This is this is. This is our command to be strong, to be people of strength. Bravery and and strength are two different things. You you can be brave but have no strength. And you can be strong but have no bravery. So you need both. And and I know this is this is more of a a practical teaching, but it's this type of teaching that, that, that keeps us strong. It's doing the reps. It's doing the spiritual reps. And so uh, when, when it comes to strength, I, I, uh, I found something out about myself. Uh, I think both my wife and I did uh, a couple of days ago. We went to go play laser tag uh, in this huge warehouse. It was, it was basically Call of Duty come to life. So, uh, uh, and it was only the four of us. It was me and my wife and my sons, Nathan and Noah, and we split up on teams. So I had my six-year-old. Juliet had our eight year old. We're on opposite sides of this warehouse with our lasers trying to find each other so we could shoot each other in the head. <laughs> Talk about family bonding. <laughs> so we're running all through this place, and I'm very competitive once I get in that type of mode. So I'm running and ducking and sliding behind stuff. I'm giving call sequences to my son who is six years old like we are on the battlefield. And he's just like (laughs) What are you asking me to do? I'm six! And I'm like, take cover, don't come out take the high road, perch go into the bird's nest, snipe him he's like No, daddy, I'm going to just stay with you. I'm scared to be by myself. Okay, appreciate it. All right. All right, so we did that for 90 minutes. It was absolutely fantastic. Here's what I found out at the end. I am out of shape. My lungs were burning. They were exploding. It was like somebody had put napalm on my chest. And the next day, my thighs let me know. Don't you ever as long as you live without prior notice and at least some jump squats, run us around like that. We're not used to that. Here's the thing I realized. I'm not that strong. I'm not strong enough to in one moment go from not doing any type of squatting and running to all of a sudden thinking I can jump right into this and be a GI Joe. It's the same thing as a believer. If you don't have the spiritual discipline to strengthen yourself in your walk with the Lord, do not think when temptation hits you that you can jump up and be as strong on that day if there haven't been reps put in prior to that moment. This is so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, Here's one of the reasons why. Joseph was able to resist the temptation of Potiphar's wife uh, when he found himself in a compromising situation uh, be- because he had already had reps of saying no on all the other days. You can't go, yes, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, 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 kind of, maybe, yes, 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 no, 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 yes, yes, yes. And on the day that you really want to say no, find yourself with a bunch of strength. It takes a lot of reps to be able to get strong enough to be ready for the fight that's ahead. So be strong, okay? Last one, uh, be loving. And this is verse number 14, and do everything with love. Listen, it won't matter if you're watchful. It won't matter if you're faithful. It won't matter if you're brave. And it will not matter if you're whatever the fourth point is and it just left me I just wanted to see if y'all are listening. (laughs) It won't matter if you're watchful, you're faithful, brave, and you're strong if you're not loving. It just doesn't even look good on a Christian when you're mean, when you're rude, when you have a bad attitude. The thing that marks us is love. Here is why the church in Corinth, with as many maladies and problems as it had, was so attractive in this area. They couldn't believe that these Romans and these Greeks and these Jewish people and these Africans and these Italians and all of these different ethnicities could find the love to be in one room and put all the past behind them and just be brave believers. It it, it was such an awkward scene that it was attractive to people. You you mean to tell me you go to that church? Wait a minute, you just don't go to the Roman church down the street? Because you know there's just a Roman church down the street where all the Romans can hang out. You know, there's a Messianic Jewish church that you could go to and just all oh, the Jews could, because, you know, it's just real. It's more convenient when everybody knows each other. You know, you don't have to be learning all these different cultures. And you, you mean to tell me uh, 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 you don't just go to the Greek church? You don't just go to the African church? You just don't just go to the all Italian church? You mean to tell me y'all just jumped all in the same pool and decided to just try to like work all this out and what? And, and, and I got to come see this. That exists? That's weird. All of y'all in the same place, and you're just lifting up the name of Jesus. But what about like the accents and stuff? And what about the stuff that gets lost in translation? And what about the stuff you have a conversation and you didn't know that person meant that when they said it. But in their ethnicity, when they say this, it means this. But when you heard it and landed on your ears, it's, it means that. And you got offended. And instead of running away, y'all worked it out. Who are you people? Well, we're kind of in love with Jesus which makes us kind of love each other and it kind of makes us believe the best about everybody. And instead of getting offended every time we don't understand something and church hopping, haven't been a member on roll anywhere for six months. I think, I think we're just going to love each other and try to figure it out. That's a really brave church. And that's what we see in Scripture. And according to Dan Leanne, that's what we see at Embassy City Church. So be brave believers. And if you wear, if you wear it well, then, then you'll, be, you'll be a be brave believer. Ooh, that's one of those be brave believers. Ooh, that looks good on them. Bravery looks good on you. I love people who wear Jesus well. It's like wearing good clothes, you know. Have you ever seen somebody have an outfit and they just wore it wrong? Anybody, the unofficial fashion police for your workspace or something, you, you walk in and you're like, mm-mm, no, that's not... Mm-mm, you don't wear that after Labor Day. That's just not... Take that mm-mm, Take that off. That does not look good on you. In the same way... Uh, 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 being a believer should look good on you. It should look so good that people compliment the outfit and go, how can I get that in my size? Because, you know, Christ is a one size fits all. OK, never mind. Um, uh, you don't want to wear it so bad that people are like, oh, you're that's why I don't go to church because it's you. It's I've seen the way you wear that. No, I'm never going to wear that. I believe that we can be brave believers. I believe that we are be brave believers. And my exhortation is that we be brave believers so that we can literally see our surrounding city, the whole metroplex, not just Irving, but this entire metroplex, be in awe. Not at what Embassy City is doing, but what God is doing through all of us individually as brave believers.